Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Vacancy rates went right up as well. It was really hard to rent the property out. We had to drop our rents consistently to um, just to get some tenants in there. And obviously the quality of tenants kind of went down as well. Hey! This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Sham and in this episode, we're back with the remarkable Nick Haig the business development manager at Punters Finance. Haig's journey mirrors a roller coaster overcoming the challenges of 2020 and bouncing back from a $100,000 setback on one of his properties. Join us as we explore the determination needed in his remarkable story. Haig recounts a standout property development triumph amid the turmoil of 2020's COVID-19 and bushfires in Australia where his project not only weathered the storm but ascended to unprecedented heights. It was a joint venture in uh, the southside suburb of Camp Hill in Brisbane. We uh, picked that up in 20, uh, end of 2019. Yeah, end of 2019 we settled on that. Um, I was actually overseas on a family holiday when we settled that one. Uh, got back on the first of uh, um, the first of January 2020, 2020. Um, and as we know, the kind of COVID was starting to unroll at that point in time. We had bushfires too. <laughs> What's that? Sorry, we had bushfires as well too. Bushfires, COVID. We had everything going on, and uh, we just sat on the property, and we're like, we were, what are we going to do now? Like we thought the world was going to fall apart, but. Um, so I kind of didn't know where the business was going to end up as well. So we, we kind of uh, put that on hold for a couple of months just to let things play out. And I was in a joint venture with that as well and just went to my joint venture partner and said, um, mate, I think we're just going to have to just let's put a pause on it for the moment. Let, we'll get it settled and we'll, we'll do a little bit in the background, but I just really need to focus on business at the moment. And he was really good about that and totally understood because um, that's obviously was funding the project, so I had to make sure that was rock solid and 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 uh, get that moving and all keep moving through this COVID time. The, it was just really um, unprecedented times, obviously. So um, we we got through that, and um, obviously the market kicked on really well, which was really beneficial for us. Got a lot of capital growth out of that. Um, ended up doing a one and two subdivision there, and then we built two houses. So oh wow, sold those ones off the plan. Um, in really good time as well. So it, um, it, it ended up being a really good project, but at the start, it started off really, uh, it could have gone either way. So, yeah, I, I think um, you just have to deal with, I call them speed bumps in life. You just have to deal with a speed bump one at a time. And um, and best to talk through with someone, especially if you've got a JV partner, I think it's best just to have that conversation early, communicate early so they know what you're thinking and make sure you're on the same page. 
Yeah, totally. And as you said, it could have gone wrong if um, you know you panicked and things went, okay, COVID's really causing a lot of things to go havoc. And you could have just said, let's just put in the market and sell it and then just cut the losses. But you know, obviously, you guys did very well by holding on. And I think that's the thing. It's just having that patience because things ride out. You know, If you ride out and wait for it, it gets better, <laughs> which is what happened. Exactly, mate. And I think that's, um, that's why I really like property as well. And I like going in those small subdivisions or, you know, something with a few different exit strategies. That way, you know, we could have we could have still just subdivided and sold land off what we had to or, or reduce some debt by selling one block. Yep. I really like projects with um, with uh, multiple exit strategies. Really, um, they appeal to me for that reason. Absolutely. And I think that's so important with any deal that you do. It's not just only the subdivision, but any deal, you got to have clear exit strategies. Otherwise, if you get stuck and you don't know what you're clearly going to be doing, then you're kind of... You know, you've got to figure out very quickly and you don't want to make that wrong decision and make those losses because there's always a way out it's just when and how exactly and and talking to people talking to people in your network that might have been through that situation before or or just have one little idea like you said you picked up a little golden you know a few different gold nuggets from steve's event like you might hear one little thing just a little bit different that you know you sleep on that night your subconscious works on over the night for you you wake up in the morning and like oh well, let's try this you know so I think um, everything works out and you just have to wait for that solution to present itself. To fully relish the triumphs, one must extract wisdom from the setbacks, a lesson Haig has learned through his journey. Reflecting on one such moment, he recalls venturing into a property investment in Gladstone amid mining activities, experiencing initial success that eventually took a downward turn. It was actually um, referring back to a Steve McKnight. I used to go to a lot of his property updates at when they were in Brisbane, he used to do them fairly regularly. Still does it now. Still does it now. He did it in Sydney, actually. That that was yeah. That was why I wanted to go because he gave that property update, and then straight after that, he was flying up to Brisbane to do his next update. And it was sold out. I was meant to go to it on Sunday, but it sold out. So I've been speaking to a few people that went. So kind of getting the um the gist of the of the day. But I can tell you after this. Sweet. Sounds good. Um, I just think he he was just had a lot of integrity, honesty, and I really liked going to those events and never tried to sell you anything, but just that. Just seemed like a good human, and the people that he attracted were also of the same, you know, the same breed, I suppose. Or they just wanted the same thing. They just wanted to know what was going on. They wanted an honest person that could help them with that process and and to figure out all the data. And, and Steve was that guy. So um, at one of his events, he uh, said that um, some mining things were going on in Gladstone and, and regional cities. So. I um I jumped on a plane probably the next day I think after hearing that and went to Gladstone and went up and bought a property up just like that. I had some cousins living up there, so I um I kind of knew the area a little bit a little bit because I've stayed up there on holidays as we were younger with my auntie and uncle. But um yes, yeah, so I jumped on a plane, went and stayed with my cousin for a couple of nights, and met a couple of agents up there, and they drove me around, and we went and looked at a few properties, and end up um, putting two under contract. One ended up falling through, which I'm pretty thankful of now. But um, one I ended up picking up, which was a, a duplex, um, a little concrete bunker, I used to call it. Just the best of block duplex, ugliest thing in the street. But um, it uh, ended up strata titling that, so it made it into two separate units. Great. With potential to be able to sell one off and pay some debt down. Um, so that that, really, that was going really, really well until, um, and I think I might have got a little bit greedy and, and saw it go up and the rents went up quite substantially. And uh, they came down quite substantially as well. So uh, in a very quick, yeah, in a quick space of time. And I think the lesson learned from that was um, that out of sight, out of mind for me wasn't probably a strategy that I was good at. Um, 
keeping me on the market when I had so much other stuff going on. Um, and I think in those towns and in those places, I think you really do have to uh, definitely keep an eye on the market fairly closely, especially if you're not living there, right? He delves into the reasoning behind his decision to venture into this unconventional property investment. A lot of um, coal seam gas was going on, the mining up there as well and the shipping. Uh, and I was like, oh, I know Gladstone, you know, I've been around, I've been there a couple of times, that felt comfortable for me. And uh, I, I guess it was just taking the action was, was what he instilled as well. Um, he seemed to think it was a good spot. So um, I did some numbers myself and went up and had a look there and you could see the market was definitely moving. Uh, so yeah, it was. I guess there's a good, few good lessons in that. One was, you know, I took action, I went and did it and I lived and I learned from it. Um, and the next one is I won't uh, be uh, investing in another city anytime soon. <laughs> Lesson learned, yes. I guess if I did, it would be or make sure someone's on the ground or make sure, you know, I've got someone there that can, you know, let me know what's going on or keep a closer eye on it, not having um, the business stress or pressures anymore. I could probably do that myself as well. Oh, so you basically managed that yourself, this whole property, and you managed the, the um, strata tiling, everything you did yourself. You didn't actually get any people on the ground to do it for you. No, I didn't actually, but um, I had a good agent up there and then ended up finding some good tradespeople and things to help me as well. So that was really handy. The um, the managing agent was, was awesome up there. She helped me do some renovations and things along the way, which was really quite handy. Um, and I, I don't really get that, you know, I, I don't think that service I've been offered for bef- like before, for, like the way she project managed that little renovation that we did up there on the property. And um, just a little a bit of an unfortunate event too. When, when we had the property, obviously the property market went up, the rents went up and then started coming back down. So vacancy rates went right up as well. It was really hard to rent the property out. We had to drop our rents consistently to um, just to get some tenants in there and Obviously, the quality of tenants kind of went down as well. Um, and then we actually had a, had a tenant pass away in the unit, in one of the units. So just to yeah, top everything off, which is a really sad event. But um, it was just kind of added fuel to the fire. I was like, oh, man, you know, this, this, this can't get any worse. So, um, but anyway, we live and learn and, and we're here today. So uh, those unfortunate things can happen, but you kind of just another speed bump. You kind of got to deal with as, as they come up, right? Yeah, sounded like an amazing story initially. <laughs> I think you you got a great property, rising rent, strata titled, and I'm like yes, this is excellent. And then next thing you're saying, oh, rent has dropped. <laughs> it's like oh no. I mean, did you did you guys make a break even, or did you make a loss on that particular property? No, I made about a hundred grand loss. Oh, ouch! Isn't a trust, so we can carry it forward and, and use those losses up at some point. So, um, which we're already potentially using them up as we speak. So, you know. Is good and bad. We've we've done a lot of projects that have made us money. So to have one to go that way is um, definitely lesson learnt. And um, I'll definitely think twice before investing in uh, in the city outside of Brisbane or outside of my comfort zone. I guess. Stay tuned for what's coming up after the break, where Haig unveils the thrilling reasons behind his exciting journey into the dynamic world of property development. I think I'd kind of the, the electrical business had, had run its course, and um, it definitely served its purpose. I was uh, definitely looking for a change. The thrill and joy he derives from his role as a business development manager. So it's kind of like you know the um, the life is my playground, I guess. So. 
you know, out of the office is good, meeting people is really good. The self-imposed plans and goals of his commitment to continual growth across various facets of life. Really just want to keep learning and growing, you know, as a dad, as a husband, um, as a leader, I guess as a developer, just in, in any way I can um, in helping people. And that's next. I'm Tyron Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. In a reflective moment, Haig shares his pivotal aha moment cultivated over the course of his property journey. Just the, the connections that I've made over the years um, in property, um, yeah, the people that I've met, um, I enjoy doing projects with people as well. Um, they're balancing skill sets. I don't have all the skill sets under the sun, so to be able to bring you know other personality types and skill sets in to a project, that, that excites me as well, um, to seeing other people succeed. That really, um, that really excites me. I, 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 like, I generally like to help people. Um, but as for aha moments, is um, yeah, I don't really, um, yeah, I'm not really sure to be honest. Um, just uh, generally, and like the property, like the property business, um, like being around property, like um, improving properties as well. So. That is a pretty good aha moment to be honest, you know, to actually understand and know because a lot of people still don't get it unfortunately. <laughs> Sometimes when, when you put property together, it's like you got to actually have a team around you and if you're, that's your natural ability and that's like, wow, you know, I can do it, it makes it successful. So yeah, I think that that's a good good aha moment for you anyway. I'll take that and I'll take your uh, your advice and uh, definitely write that aha moment down and, and keep that for future reference, mate. So thank you. Haig attributes his transition from his electrical business to the property development sector to his desire for a new lifestyle at his age, highlighting the pivotal role of mindset, strategic planning and the alignment of circumstances in his transformative journey. I think I'd kind of, the, the electrical business had, had run its course and um, it definitely served its purpose. I was uh, definitely looking for a change and, and a, a change where I could keep the lifestyle um, for my family um, to a you know to a level where we were comfortable, uh, and I, it wasn't a decision that was taken lightly. Definitely, it happened over a few years, and it was definitely a plan that was put in place probably uh, probably three or four years before it actually happened. So, um, and I'm, I'm not a huge planner, but I'm glad I kind of planned for a, for a succession um, to happen. And from view, so it probably did happen a few years before that I thought it was going to happen. But um, I, I guess everything does happen at the right time. So I was really grateful um, everything kind of fell into place. And I think it's just part of your mindset too. You, you know, you think it's going to happen and, and you kind of work towards it and all of a sudden the, the piece of the puzzle just fall into place. So was was very fortunate um, the right person came along at the right time and in, in coming into the business and me exiting the business to go into another business as well. So I think, um, you know, hard work, tenacity, um, persistence, determination, a uh, bit of courage. I think all those, I th- had to pull on all my all my strengths to um, make that happen, mate. So. so out of all the businesses that you could have gone to or the type of work that you want, why finance? Because you, you could have just said, look, you know, I'm happy with everything. I could probably run a development business in the background. He's doing my developments and, and really liked who I was dealing with at the time and got to know the business owner, Matt Punter quite well in that time and liked how he worked and his way of thinking um, and his way of running a business. Um, and I was like, I, I could work for this guy 
And I, I didn't think I could go to work for anyone after running my own business for so long. Um, it would have to be a kind of a, a person where I could get along with it and know my style of, of work as well. And I, I really like to take ownership um, of whatever I'm doing. So to give me that freedom to my knowledge from the last 17 years as well. So Haig shares his current role in business development at Puntus Finance, emphasizing the joy of being out in the field and connecting with people and assisting developers in various situations. Being in business development, I get to do uh, talk to a lot of people each day. I'm out on the road. I'm not uh, stuck in an office. Kind of like being stuck in a classroom back in the day. I like to be out in the playground. So it's kind of like you know, the um, the life is my playground, I guess. So you know, out of the office is good. Meeting people is really good. Um, joining the dots for you know for who needs what, helping developers. Um, you know, in in different situations, whether they need finance, whether they need trades, whether they need, um, you know, a part of our team that can potentially go and help them get them through a situation. That's uh, what I really enjoy doing and, and that's a big part of the why that um, that punters is um, is based on as well. They, they like to help people. They like to help people succeed and, and they do not do that through their finance business. So it was an ethos that I really liked and um, I could definitely grab hold of and run with. So, yeah, and so I'm here too today and um, – really enjoying my time and the people up here are awesome. I mean, and just seeing, you know, from a back-end point of view rather than just a client perspective, it was it was it really rings true to, to how I actually saw their business as well. Excellent. I think that's the key thing is if you're looking to work with somebody and it's always possible to work successfully within the business because you can, you know, if you've been given that autonomy and be able to run the business successfully, people usually prefer that from someone, at least that way you kind of got that um, umbrella, you know, to be able to work with someone who you can also um, get along really, really well with too. So it sounds like, you know, Matt and yourself work really, really well together. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. And um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, we just really, really enjoy it, mate. I'm very, really, very thankful for um, for Matt, the opportunity that Matt's given me and um, definitely have grabbed it with both hands and uh, trying to kick some some serious goals up here. So yeah. Watch your space. In a reflective turn about his past decisions, Haig imparts the advice he would have given himself from 10 years ago, expressing a desire to have placed greater emphasis on acquiring and holding properties for longer terms. Don't buy property in, Gla- in Gladstone or no? <laughs> no, I would definitely, um, and I've thought about this uh, recently and, and spoke to a lot of people as um um, I've approached that forty mark, and I think, I think that you know, the way of think your thinking changes over time as you get out, older. And um, I, I definitely have thought recently that I'd definitely hold more property. Um, we've developed and we've sold a lot of property over time, um, but to keep one or two of those along the way would have been really good. And I wish, um, I wish uh, younger Nick was thinking of future Nick. Um, but uh, anyway, we're, we're here now and we can definitely start that journey now. So I guess that's um, my next my next five to ten years would be definitely to um, to get some more buy and holds under the belt, especially in southeast Queensland. I'm pretty bullish about southeast Queensland at the moment and, and what's to come here. So um, definitely a good time to, to buy and hold and, and get some good yields. Yeah, and you know Queensland well enough, so that's the reason why because it's, it's an opportunity compared to the other states. Things are still going around the cycle at the moment Especially what's been interesting is the stats coming through saying that each month, particularly from CoreLogic, both you know, in Sydney, prices have been going up steadily. <laughs> like, this is really interesting to see what's happening because yeah, so much media hype that things are going backwards, but it's been the opposite. Lack of supply, huge demand. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Exactly. 
and I'm talking to agents and buyers agents every day of the week. Um, and so I'm really on the ground with that. And, and I think staying up with the market really closely um, definitely helps with, you know, the developing side of things as well, because you're hearing it firsthand. You don't need to hear it from the news. You don't need to hear, you know, the, the whole fear factor from, you know, journalists and things like that. You're actually on the ground. You're living and breathing it every day. Um, and uh, I think that's really beneficial. Haig expresses his enthusiasm for the future, emphasizing his commitment to continuous learning and personal growth. I, I just want to keep learning. I think um, I'm, I'm reading a lot of books at the moment. I wasn't a big avid reader, but I definitely picked that up the last 18 months and really just want to keep learning and growing, you know, as a dad, as a husband, um, as a leader, I guess as a developer, just in, in any way I can um, in helping people. So, Really, um, just want to keep improving myself. To be honest, I um, like I picture myself like a lobster. Um, it has to keep growing, and and as it grows, it's a hard shell gets removed, so it becomes really vulnerable. But then, um, then it's you know, as it becomes, as it learns and grows again, the, the shell kind of grows over it, which makes it a bit more, bit bit hardier again. So, it's a bit of a weird analogy, but um, just to learn and grow, learn and grow, learn and grow. Yeah, I like that analogy. I've never heard of it before, but this is the first, so it's always good for the first one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The lobster. Yeah, lobster analogy. That's great. Well, Nick, you've achieved a lot and uh, you know, you're know you very successful in your own right and so forth. How much do you think of your, I guess, um, yeah, of the success that you've achieved has been because of work, skill, intelligence and how much of it do you think has been due to luck? I don't know if I believe in luck, so to speak, but I definitely think everyone's got their own form of intelligence, so they can definitely um, definitely grasp on their own intelligence as well. And um, I think those things combined, um, you know, and hard work and determination, with those three or four things, you can definitely create your own luck. Uh, and I think that's what I've done over time by, you know, little bits every day. Um Little bit by little bit, I've, I've created my own luck, you know, in opportunities that have that have come across, or you know, across my path. So you, you, you're saying that you you create your own luck? I think so. Yeah, skill, hard work, and uh, a little bit of intelligence, which we've all got. It's um, having that drive, and uh, eventually, luck's got to come your way, right? But I think that that's the sort of the key one is that uh, yeah, we do always create our own luck, and I and I have belief in that. And the more that you do, the more lucky you become. That's right. And surround yourself with good people, right? Thank you to Nick Haig, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 